Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to uh, the episode on the race day, first race day of the Zwift Cycling Central podcast on the Tour de France 2018, episode number 10. Uh, my name is Christophe Mallet, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave. Hey, I'll tell you what, this race day couldn't have come sooner enough. It's, uh, I think we all needed it, didn't we? And, but they threw in a massive car transfer, like, gee, seriously? I know, it's, it feels like we spent like 10 hours in that car. I'm bored. Oh, my God. I mean, the only the only good ending bit was that the fact that we've headed south to the mountains and we've arrived, and it is absolutely stunning. And for the first time uh, in this journey, we see some serious peaks, so we know what's coming. Yeah, and Ansi is such a beautiful town. It's cute. It's everything you want in an alpine town. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And it's, I mean, the whole area is lovely because... You know, I'm, I'm sort of bragging a bit here, but I, I lived one season in uh, Switzerland, in Lausanne, which is just up the road from Geneva. And the whole area is just stunning. And I've maintained to this day, it was the best training I'd ever had, um, just in terms of enjoyment, because um, I actually had a terrible year, but it is just a beautiful place to ride your bike. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned yesterday that uh, all the riders will take a plane, uh, but when we arrived at the hotel last night, BMC was there and then Richie Porte was there. I mean, how incredible is this? We were with them at the beginning of the journey and we were with Richie at the end of the journey. He was quite relaxed though. He was pretty good, wasn't he? It was it was freaky, actually, very freaky. And I'm a little bit of a believer in things happen for a reason. Now, I don't know what the ending to this is going to be, but the fact that we had five nights at the first hotel with BMC... We presumed Richie had left. We were, everyone was trying to get more information. No one really knew too much. And then we're walking back from dinner and there he is hobbling off the bus, uh, walking to the hotel. And he was actually, you know what, it was really good to see him just for no other reason but to get a bit of closure. Again, if I can sound a bit self, I don't, I mean, I don't mean to sound selfish, but because he's the one who's, it's real, who's really hurting. But I think we all felt so flat and so it was good to see him and he had a smile on his face he had a couple of gags with us and he i think he's just philosophical it's just happened there's nothing you can do about it so it was good we had a little bit of a chin wag and uh and then and that was and it was great and um you know you can i think we can all move on now Actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play this interview that uh, Michael Tomolaris, Tomo, uh, the legend. You're a legend, but Tomo is another legend. <laughs> He's oh, the legend. One. I thought I'm the only one. No, there's legends. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. okay. Fair enough. So Tomo, uh, the legend, is uh, with uh, Richie Port. Let's have a listen because it's, a, it's an in-depth interview and then we, uh, we can really, really see what's been happening uh, with Richie. Yeah, obviously it's massively disappointing. Um, we came here. Had good form, uh, super strong team, and uh, stage nine, it's all over. It's uh, so, you know, obviously not as bad as last year, but uh, you know, it may as well be. Well, how devastating is it for you, given that you've prepared so much for so long to be here? 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. As, as soon as I'd crashed, um, you know, when it, when it hits you, I mean, cyclists know when they've done their collarbone and, and are pretty much new straight away. Um, even before the doctor had looked at me and told me that it was broken, that I was going to be going home. And I mean, it's all the hours out on the bike that people don't see, you know, up and down mountains and training camps and being away from home and family. That's uh, probably the worst thing. But, you know, I guess you've got to gather yourself and there's still a Vuelta uh, in, in August, September and, and Worlds. So, you know, looking forward, I've got some objectives, but it still really hurts. But it's not the Tour de France. This is the grand final, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest one. It's the, you know, the, the, the biggest race all year that we do. And, you know, the build-up's always around the Tour. So um, to come here in good form and, and then to crash out uh, for such a silly little thing, it's uh, terribly disappointing. The cameras didn't actually pick up what happened. Could you explain exactly how you crashed? Yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. I think yesterday was one of the more stressful days in the peloton, obviously, with the cobblestones. But you could tell in the neutral uh, start already that, you know, there was near crashes there in the neutral. That's not so normal. It's, uh, I think I crashed with 10 kilometres, um, you know, and I wasn't in a bad position. I, I just think maybe someone hit a bump and their hands came off the, the bars and... And that was it. I mean, we were going pretty high speed and uh, quite a few of us came down. There was talk about hitting a spectator. Is that true? I think we hit her. Bless her. She was in the ambulance with me. So where does this leave you now? You're going home? Yeah, look, I mean, it's obviously probably a week or so before I can get on the home trainer and uh, a couple of weeks before I'll be out on the road. So, you know, I don't really know. We've, we've got x-rays. Um, the team doctor is still to look at those. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, so you talk about the Welter and uh, the World Championships. Is the rainbow jersey um, an objective now for you? Yeah, look, I think it's it's a climber's course this year. Everybody knows that. So, you know, I've, the Welter's a hard race uh, mentally and physically to get through. So, you know, perhaps this year, um, not, not finishing the tour, I'll be a little bit more motivated. And, and Worlds is certainly a year that uh, I think suits me. It's such a cruel sport, isn't it? I mean, uh, you prepare, uh, the team invests in you, so much goes into you being at the Tour de France and it goes away in a puff of smoke. Yeah, look, it's, I mean, it, it definitely is. I think, you know, it's one of the most beautiful sports when things go your way, but uh, I mean, yesterday, I didn't even know, uh, you know, I didn't have a chance to break or anything before I hit the ground. And yeah, it's, uh, if it's not me, there's always a, a hard luck story most days. You did uh, reconnaissance of the course, uh, I think it was in April. Um, how nervous were you? I mean, you crashed before the cobbles arrived. Were you nervous about uh, uh, racing over those rocky roads? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not not the normal thing for us GC guys to do, but uh, you know, we've done it before. 2014 we did it in the rain, which was much worse than yesterday, but as you said, um, I didn't even make it to the cobblestones, so uh, you know, but you can feel the stress in the bunch on a day like that, and that's what makes crashes. Had you survived the cobbled stage, were you confident within yourself that this was going to be your year? Uh, look, I mean, I was in great form. I know that. I think uh, the murder Bretagne, I showed that as climbing with the best. So we had a, a really good, strong team built around me as well. So it's disappointing, and uh, you know, you can never say that you would have been up there but I feel this year um, you know I was, I was where I needed to be. 
Well, you've still got a smile on your face. Uh, is that partly because you're going to see a newborn baby? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always a uh, silver lining, I guess, getting back to the wife and, and baby is uh, a nice thing, but uh, it would have been nicer under better circumstances. There's a lot of support for you back home in Australia and in Tasmania where you come from. Would you like to pass on any messages to them? Yeah, I think, I mean, the Aussies have been fantastic. They always are. Uh, it's disappointing to, to not be able to make you stay up a little bit later in the nights, but, uh, you know, I think Australian fans are, are some of the best and I do appreciate all the support I've had from Australia. And finally, Richie, are you still young enough to give this Tour de France a shake in the future? Yeah, I mean, Cadell did it when he was 34. I'll be 34 next year. Uh, I think I can be there next year. Um, you know, I, I'll do my best anyhow. You'll be back? 100%. That was, of course, uh, Mike Tomolaris Tomo with Richie Porte. We'll have a short break and then when we come back, we'll uh, analyze all this and then we'll talk about what's coming up today on the Tour de France. Don't go anywhere. So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift, you're climbing epic mountains in Watopia, you're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast here in the Alps for the Tour de France 2018. Uh, and uh, Maka is still with me. Maka, we just had this interview with uh, Tomo and Richie. Richie is in good periods. I mean, like I mentioned, when we saw him at the hotel, he was even having a beer when I when I uh, saw him, which is not really necessarily usual if he was in the race. Um, so, what do you make of of this whole hoo ha that has been with the with the the management of BMC? Oh, I was waiting for this. I'm I'm throwing you straight under it. <laughs> oh, you are. No, I'm, I'm I'm you know what? I'm giving myself a helping hand, whether it's being thrown under the bus or to to um, talk about this, but. Jim Okowitz said he hasn't fractured his collarbone, and this isn't exactly verbatim, but more or less this is what he said. He hasn't fractured his collarbone, no broken bones, his bags are in honesty, waiting for him, he's en route. Richie fractured his collarbone. It's, he said that. But, I mean, it was almost, I'm not going to be bragging about it, but when we saw the picture, when we saw the way Richie was holding his shoulder, or this part of the shoulder, it fell, everything was written on it that he broke his collarbone. So that's a bit strange from the, 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 the director sportive, the director uh, or the boss, like he likes to be, to be called, to say he hasn't uh, fractured the collarbone because he sort of threw a bit of doubt on the toughness of Richie. But we all know he's super tough. Mate, don't mess with the Tasmanians, all right? Well, they're, they're, our, they're, our, they're our cousins that we never want to catch up with most of the rest of the year, but during the month of July, He's one of us, all right? He's one of us. No, look, it's... Look, I don't... I don't... I'd sort of disagree with you a little bit on this, uh, but only... It's only a small thing about the vision because, to me, that's irrelevant. The vision's irrelevant. 
Um, and because I actually watched it and thought maybe he hasn't because he wasn't completely grimacing. But you're right, he was making the gesture. I think he just wanted to get it checked. But it turns out he obviously knew. But regardless of the vision or anything, why release a statement saying he, no broken bones, no fracture, his bags are here waiting for him, he's coming, to, he's collecting them? That is crazy. That is, it is a major... It's a major mistake by Jim Elkowitz. He should have... He actually... He's got more experience than that. Now, I can understand he's frustrated, you know, and he'd be frustrated because I think they truly believe Richie was a big chance to win the race this year, as we did. But don't, you know, don't question a guy when he hits the deck at 60 kilometres per hour, whether he's fractured his collarbone or not. Just let him decide. This is where Twitter should have a, a safety feature on, are you really sure you understand this tweet? Yes. Yeah. Now, we've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it. Come on. Not me, not me. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Come on. You haven't, you haven't typed out the nasty email to your boss, clicked send, and then 20 minutes later gone, oh, I shouldn't have done that. No, my boss is listening. I can't do that. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true though, isn't it? And you're right. Sometimes we just need to stop and think about it before we post that because it obviously frustrated Richie. It would. And, you know, is Jim Okowitz going to explain himself now or is it just going to go off into the distance? Um, all of the rumours Richie's leaving next year. I mean, BMC is wrapping up things at the end of the year, although we are hearing some rumours on that. Have you heard these? Nope. Uh, <gasps> yes. Maybe I should read Twitter a bit more. Yeah, oh, come on, mate, keep up with it. Um, I've only just been driving 10 hours. <laughs> CCC Pulsat emerging with BMC. This is a rumour I'm hearing. Here we go. Here, see, here we are. I'm throwing something out. I don't even know whether it's clarified or not. I don't know. Some guy in the street told me, so I'm just going with it. This is not just a rumour you're listening. This is your rumour you're spreading, mate. <laughs> yeah, totally spreading it. Totally spreading it. But anyway, so look, he's going to be leaving the team. I think we know that. Um, so is there some frustration, disappointment that he's decided to call it early? He has every right to. If a team's folding, jeepers, you can't hang around. And for someone like Richie Port, who can demand still quite a big contract, uh, he may have been able to demand a bigger one if he hadn't have crashed. But just to go back again, he's very philosophical and he's very positive because he's already talking about the Vuelta. He's talking potentially two to three weeks he'll be back on the bike. Like, how good's that? And, that'll, and then... What I'm more excited about is the world champs. Absolutely, we talked about it straight away. Tomo came out with this, uh, uh, with this sign, and uh, you're right. I mean, that, that could be a very good sign if he's back on the uh, on the, on the circuit and back for the world champs because this could be exciting. Richie Porte in the world championship jersey that make a nice change from Peter Sagan. Yeah, it would. It um, he would. Uh, the course suits him. The course suits him. It's it's a hilly course. We know that. I haven't looked exactly at everything, but I can tell you, I've, I used to live in this place as well in Innsbruck. It is mountains. There's a valley and it's mountains. So we know it's a mountainous course. And there's also questions whether or not uh, Sagan is will be good enough to defend it on that sort of course because we know he'll be if he does, he's going for number four, which is almost unprecedented. So. Yeah, look, there's always a silver lining. And Stuart O'Grady said it to us, I think, didn't he, in the pod yesterday. So, uh, you know, I, I think he can salvage something out of the season. Absolutely. Completely agree. Uh, Maka, hey, Maka, we are very lucky in this podcast. Look who's popping into this podcast again, uh, just on the day of La Course. Janelle Crooks, how are you going? And good to see you back in action. Yeah, really good. I'm looking forward to looking forward to today. It's probably going to be a pretty hard race. We've got two quite solid climbs towards the end there, and we've got some pretty tired legs from the Giro, and also some fresh legs coming in 
from not doing the Giro, so it's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> what, a, what a course to go back on the saddle for you, because you, you've been away for a little bit. It's a tough one to start again with. Yeah, it's pretty tough, but that's all right. I like climbing and uh, it's beautiful around here and it's really nice to come into the team after they've had such a positive, good win in the Giro. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The, tell us about the team or, or tell, talk a little bit about the team because you ladies have had an amazing season so far, you know, and I say team because it is a team and I follow all of you girls and well, the, the squad and you seem like such a happy unit and you've got each other's back all the time and I feel like that's a huge part of the success. I mean, there's talent obviously, but just talk us a little bit about that, the psychology of how you ladies work and operate. Yeah, it's a massive part for us. Um, we're really close. I think our team camp that we had in May was a, like another really good point. We always come together really well in team camps. We train well together and we really trust each other and we have a good time like, on and off the bike. And when everyone puts in 100% and trusts everyone completely and you're there to do what you've got to do and it, it pays off and you get the results in the end, yeah. get to show the talent that we have. What's the target for the for La Course today? What's 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 the in terms of the team for for the team and then for yourself? What what, what are the objectives? Oh, to win. <laughs> we won last year and it was really cool at the Cote Isawa. Um, we obviously Spratty and Anamika are in flying climbing form. Um, the, other, the rest of us, we're you know we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we get them to the bottom of those climbs in the best shape possible. What about Anamique? She's being a bit greedy, isn't she? Like, seriously, she just what, she's just winning everything lately. I mean, <laughs> jokes aside, she is a star, isn't she? We know that. But, I mean, you must watch her and um, you must soak up like a sponge, I guess. And Spratty as well, you know, just the experience that they've got. And, of course, they're just in fantastic form. Oh, they're incredible. They're great to watch and to learn off. They are so focused on what they want and their goals. And when they have a goal, it's awesome to watch them go through the process of, you know, they're from their diet to their training to how when they turn up to the race to how they go through the race and they put everything into practice. And it's something really good for learning and it's in, it's inspiring. I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to put all that in place and for it to end out in a result that it is and they're so focused and driven it's it's really cool do you are you able to mingle with the guys while you're here as a unit with the with the men's team or is it really two separate teams um during the spring we stay at the same hotel for part of the time but generally we part ways from there and it's pretty much separate units from uh, there on even, even today even today on la course uh yeah we're apart i mean we just come in for the one day um they're off doing whatever they need to do for their tour stuff and yeah it is generally quite separate because our our all our races are different you know very different no i was going to say the girls are just way too cool for the guys and that's why they don't want to hang out with them the guys are just they really drop they, they cramp their style a bit <laughs> i could not agree more actually <laughs> thank you for for your time and uh, best of luck today Thank you, thank you. That was Janelle Crooks. Uh, we're lucky in the podcast. We have people coming to us. I don't know, maybe it's the mic, maybe it's you, maybe it's your cap, I don't know. It's, we, like I said, we are pro cyclist magnets. We stay at the same hotels as them. I mean, I think they're starting to get a complex thinking that we're stalking. We are, I mean, we are stalkers, sort of, but no, no, look, it's great. And it's, uh, as we said, they've had a, the Mitchell and Scott women's team has had an amazing season. Like, it's 
they're one of the world's best teams at the moment, absolutely. And they've just won, you know, what they call their, their uh, grand tour, their first grand tour with Anamique and, and Spratty riding really, really well. So, yeah, I think, um, and for the Australian girls, I think they should look forward to the world champs as well with, you know, potentially, uh, you know, the rainbow jersey. Why not? Absolutely, why not? Uh, let's look at uh, what's coming up as well on, on TV other than La Course. We have the, the main stage, so first stage after uh, the rest day. It's a short-ish one in kilometers, but don't get fooled. It's going to be cruel, 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 starting from Annecy, going to Grand Bornand. Listen to you. You, you've er, you are already, you've jumped the fence, haven't you? A short stage. Oh, it's only 156. Tell, tell the guy, tell them this morning and we'll see. So I was just saying, compared to the 280 we had. <laughs> 230. Oh, the 280 in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really hard driving a car for 200 kilometers. <laughs> no, no, but compared to the 230, 150 is, is, is probably a lot shorter when you look on paper. But it's so cruel. Like there's there's a lot of mountain, a lot of ups and downs in this turn. It's you know what? It's potentially worse. I mean, it isn't. It isn't. But it's when they're so short and you've got the climbs like that, one after the other. You know, and uh, there's barely any flat. There's barely any valley. It's what a way to go into the Alps. I mean, we go from you know the roads of Roubaix, Parve. They just trash their bodies to pieces. A rest day, a flight, and then bang, straight up four four categorised climbs. I think there's a couple of category ones or three category ones and an oars category. So it is a monster day in the saddle, not in distance, but in climbing. And temperature. It's been hot in the area. It's 31 degrees today. They're planning to another hot day tomorrow. Uh, I think we can, we can see some real big splits happening. People to riders to watch from Quintana, Bardet, anyone else? Nibbly, absolutely, Nibbly. Um, whether, or not, whether or not we'll see guys like Nibbly, you know, lay his first card on the table in terms of the, in the mountains, I'm not sure. Whether or not he's content to follow, I don't think so. I think if he's feeling good and he senses a moment to attack, he will. And you've got to remember, the Grand Bonnard, it's a, it's a flat finish or it's downhill. So the last climb isn't that far from the finish. It's basically a descent and then flat run into the finish. It's perfect for Vincenzo Nibbly, perfect for Roman Bardet, both good descenders. And if they've got the legs and if they sense any weakness at all in Chris' room, they should attack. They cannot, I don't think they can waste a single day because he's got some time on them. So they need to attack him at any given point. Absolutely. Uh, you sound a lot like uh, Jens Voigt on this, because <laughs> that, that's what he would say. No, what did he say? Hospital or hospital or podium? <laughs> podium or hospital. <laughs> podium or hospital. No, I think that's what Richie thought. Podium or hospital. And he went, oh, damn, hospital. Anyway, uh, it's been great to have you in, uh, in the podcast and uh, enjoy the rest of, uh, of today. And then uh, it's going to be an amazing stage. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a good time up the mountains. I'm going to love it. You know what I'm going to do now? Your laundry. I'm going to do my laundry. Oh, my God. How bad's that? I've got to do it, though. I think people are going to be pleased you're doing your laundry. <laughs> yes, yes. I think we all are in our group. So I'm hoping the rest of the group go do their laundry as well, or at least air it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Cheers. See you soon. And this is it for the Zwift Cycling Central podcast today. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. They've got multiple rides every day. Uh, enjoy and have a sweat. Until tomorrow, it's bye for now.
The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialise and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.